Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 8. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There's one body and one spirit. Even as you are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore, he said, when he ascended up on high. He led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Verse seven again. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Precious Lord, as we go through these precious times, difficult times, let us not forget about all the wonderful grace and graces that you have given us. Father God, let us learn today about the power and the work of grace and not only the lives of believers, but in the life of unbelievers. Father God, thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Last week I, was, I, I, I talked about God's amazing grace and, 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 and I know and, and I think one of the, one of the beautiful things of, of, of ministering and pastoring a small church, you know your people. You know what some of the things they've had in battle with and, and some of the encounters they face on a weekly basis. And you also know how important grace is in the lives of, of believers. But when, when, when John Newton wrote the song Amazing Grace, Prior to him writing that song, he was a slave owner. He was a, he was one of the one of the ones that had a ship, and 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 we heard all the crazy stories of how they brought the slaves from from Africa to America, and 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 it was a tragedy. It was a horrific time for for the slaves. And John Newton, God had done some amazing grace in his life. And open his eyes to see what he was doing. And he wrote that song, Amazing Grace. Yes, he wrote that song based on his own life. And all of us, we might not have been slave traders. But if we know the Lord now as our Savior, his grace has been amazing in our lives. So I just want to talk about some different graces. Some different graces, and, 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 and we're familiar with them, but sometimes when you talk about the different graces, you start putting names on them, and, and you start recognizing them in, in, in people. And then some of, us, some of us will recognize how this grace was working in our lives, okay? And God, one of the wonderful things about God, he don't take no days off. Amen. He, don't take no, he don't take no hours off. He don't take no breaks. He's always working in the lives of people. God is always working in the lives of people saved and unsaved. 
How about that? That may sound a little foreign. Well, God, you know, how's God working in the life of unsaved people? God is working in the life of unsaved people. Every time that person has another breath or another day or another hour or another week to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, God is keeping that person upright. Okay? When we, some of us, we, we, worked, we worked 30 years at, at, at plants and 20 years in the army, different, we, we was using God's grace to do that. Amen. Okay? We wasn't, that wasn't a will of man. You know, we, there was a whole lot of days we didn't want to get up and go to work. God's grace. God's grace. God's grace. God's grace. How about this first grace? How about it? Anybody ever heard the term actual grace? Actual grace. I'm studying this actual grace. It says that is that special help that the Holy Spirit gives us to enlighten our minds and inspire and guide our wills to do the right thing. How about anybody ever experienced some actual grace? Anybody ever been in a situation where we was going to do something that we know we shouldn't have done? And that God and that and, and something something said, you know, you don't you don't not be doing that. Everybody riding down the street going too fast and actual grace kick in and say, you know you're going through Gerard. <laughs> you know you're going through Poland. Actual grace kick in when you when you got that truck and you going through Kentucky, actual grace kick in when you on them two lane roads when you get off the four lane highways. You need to drive a little different, huh? Actual grace. Actual grace is that grace that says, lean not unto your own understanding. It says, trust in the Lord with all thy heart and lean not into, unto thy own understanding. Actual grace says, in all thy ways, acknowledge him and he shall. <laughs> If he shall direct our paths, because see, we get out of order, right? And we want to direct our own paths. We want to go down roads God ain't told us to go down. Okay? I know that's right. Okay? God, God, God said this when we wanna when we wanna deal with things, we want to deal with things our own way. Okay? And we start loving things and putting things before God. Anybody? I know I ain't preaching to the choir. How about that? Anybody, anybody ever had those Frank Sinatra moments? I just want to do it my way. Okay. How many of us in here? How many of us in here? I, I, I had a conversation with a guy and he was like, well, you know, if you if you do this, that's idolatry. Let me tell you something. There's a lot of idolatry out there. Okay. There's a lot of idolatry out there, and, and, and God don't like it. Amen. And if we be honest with ourselves, if we be honest with ourselves, we know God might not be where he's supposed to be in our lives. Amen. He, not, he might not be, be where he's supposed to be. Amen. Okay? This is what it says. In, 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 in Exodus 21, 20 and 1, he says this. He said, and God spoke all these words saying, I am the, the Lord thy God. Come on. I am the Lord thy God. Which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt. Now, we didn't come out of the land of Egypt, but 
All of us came out of somewhere. Amen. God then brought all of us out of something. Okay? People, people say, well, you know, he God's talking to Israel. He wants that, you know, listen, all scripture. All scripture is given what? It's given by God. And it's to be used for our own edification. So people say, well, you know, he was talking to the Israelites. No, all scripture. All scripture. Okay. This is what he says. This is what he says. He said, he said, I brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Now, now see how that applies? Out of the house of bondage. Let me come out. Uh, uh, listen. Somebody say, Pastor, speak for yourself. I came out of, God delivered me out of the house of bondage. Yeah. And my bondage wasn't your bondage. And my bondage wasn't your bondage. And your, my bondage, but. Okay. If we weren't in bondage, there was no need for God to come. In the person of Jesus Christ. He come to do what? I think I like heard you say, set us free set us free set us free and he says this now that I've done all that put me in my proper place put me in my I'm not saying he's not saying you can't love other things he's not saying you can't enjoy other things he's not saying that God is not saying that He's not saying you can't go home today and enjoy watching a ball game or enjoy going out in the yard and working in the yard or whatever you enjoy doing. But he says this, thou shall have no other gods before me. Okay. That's deep. Okay. And then then however you do it, he says, this is actual grace. And however you do it, however you do it, do it in a way to glorify me. Put me in everything you do. Amen. That, I don't, man, I'm just talking to folks that to, to say they love the Lord, but God is saying, put me in everything you do. If I can't go, you don't need to go. <laughs> Ain't that a game changer? Okay. The actual grace is God's life and power and righteousness living in us. Living in us. We, you know, we, we got something in us. See, see, some people say, well, you got the Holy Spirit, you, you're going to run around and do all that, do all that, but you better understand something. You better understand something. God, God lives in the believer. And he wants to, he wants to be in his rightful place. He's not playing sec, second fiddle. Amen. He said, I am a jealous God. Jealous God. Okay. And some of y'all been in here, some of y'all that had some jealous boyfriends. Some of y'all had some jealous girlfriends. Jeremy say, Jeremy say, jealousy and crazy run together. (laughs) I kind of believe that. Okay, okay. Because I I, listen, I want to know where Cindy at all the time. Jake know where Jackie at all the time. Common grace. Common grace. Here, we talk about actual grace. We talk about common grace. Now, this one I found interesting. And, I, and I, the reason I, I want to teach on these subjects is because we run it into people. We run it into people. We got family members and loved ones and cousins and uncles, people we meet at the malls. And this time of year, you run into people, you know, that you haven't seen in a while. And, and you know what? Everybody is receiving God's 
Common grace. Common grace. Believers receive common grace. Unbelievers receive common grace. You know what the difference is? You know what the difference is? An unbeliever is only going to receive common grace here. The believer will receive not only common grace, they'll receive justifying grace, sustaining grace. They'll receive all of God's graces. Common grace, everybody receive. Because God is good. When he said God is good, he said he causes the grass to grow for the cattle and the earth for the service of man that he may bring forth fruit out of the earth. Common grace. Common grace. Let me give you another verse on common grace. There it is. He said that you may be, Matthew 5 to 45, that you may be children of the Father which is in heaven. For he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good and sendeth rain on the just and the unjust. Common grace. Common grace. Everybody benefit from common grace. When you look at the medical technology and all the things they do, everybody benefit from that. Unbelievers can go and, and get a colonoscopy and all that. They benefit from God's common grace. Okay. Common grace. Good for the redeemed and the unredeemed. Amen. Common grace. I'm going to move. Move faster than I thought. Let me, let me give you a dictionary. A dictionary uh, description of common grace. So I got a circle. Some things I have circled. It says, common grace is God's kindness to everyone whether or not they acknowledge him. How about that? Okay. Now we think about, you know, some of my mind goes over thinking about people that I love that don't acknowledge Jesus Christ. And they still being blessed. And, and they still being blessed. Okay. This is. It says, while it is true that believers will experience both common grace and saving grace, those who are apart from Christ will only experience common grace in this life. Common grace ain't going to get you to heaven. Amen. Okay? Common grace is not going to get you to heaven. Common grace, see, salvation is not common grace. You know, some, you know we know some good people. Good people. And they've had common grace. They work 30 years on a job. They got a good family. You talk to them. Everybody doing well. You ever talk to people like this? Oh, how, you, how your kids doing? Oh, they're doing good. They all going to college and everything. You, you never hear them talk about, oh, my kids, they, you know, they love the Lord. They going to church every Sunday. They worshiping God. They love the Lord. You, you don't hear that. They in college. They got a good job. They doing well. They got two cars. They got a nice house. They, and they taking advantage, taking advantage of all of God's common grace. All of God's common grace. And I go to hell. With a pocket full of common grace. <laughs> Whoa, man. Okay. Seriously. Common grace. Common grace. Common grace. Listen. How do you approach someone with common grace? Common person with common grace going through. Person with common grace struggling. They got all they got all the world stuff. And they still going through. They got all the world stuff. God has been good to them and they still going through. Okay? 
I, 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 I like this verse. It's, it's always been one of my favorite verses, you know. And, and, and I talk to people all the time, and then I got to talk to somebody. I got to talk to somebody. I want to I want to minister to this person. I want to minister to that person. You know, first thing you do, first thing you do, okay. And I, I talked to Jake this weekend. Jake has some things going on. He, he, don't don't y'all worry about Jake. He don't mind me telling his business. <laughs> the names have been changed to protect the innocent, but <laughs> he was just going through some stuff. And he, and, he, and, he, and he sent me an SOS. He said, hey, man, I'm going through some stuff, and I got to deal with some stuff. And I say, I just, I just say, Jake, and I, I would say that if Jeremy called me, mm-hmm. if Vaughn called me, Sylvia called me, anything y'all call me, and if, and if I have to deal with it myself, I'm going to say, you know what, and all you do, due to the glory of God. However you deal with a situation, deal with it in a way, what? That glorifies God. And I think I think I think I think you you gonna you gonna it's gonna come out all right. And then make sure you right you in the right spirit to do it. See, you we can approach some situations we're not in the right spirit to do it and mess it up and mess it up. I know I'm talking to somebody, but the Bible says if a man or if a brother be overtaken in a fault, okay. You see the fault. You see me. That fault is wearing him out. You, you just can't run in there. Okay? We, we learned that working in the prison system because they have fake. They have fake to draw you in there. We get two inmates fighting and they, they setting it up. They want to get the officer in there and they're going to whoop on you. Okay? So you evaluate the situation because every situation ain't what you think. Some folks, some folks communicate like that. I tell people all the time, some folks fuss and argue and fight. That's just they, that's just their way of communicating. That's all they know. Somebody calls the five love languages. Well, you know what? If a brother be overtaken in a fault, here's what the word of God says. Okay? It doesn't say you just go in there and talk to him. No, no, don't say that. First, you gotta do a a little spiritual examination. <laughs> okay, how's the song say? Check yourself. Well, you wreck yourself because you wreck up. You can you can mess up some folks' lives by not being spiritual yourself. I, I, that's what the word. I'm just, he, he, somebody be overtaking their fault. Ye which are ye which are at the time that you can approach the situation. Have you been prayed up? Has your soul been purified? Or have you been going before the Lord? Because see, God gonna talk to you. You, you, you ever hear you ever hear a song and, and, and the song is, is, is giving praise to God and it's, it's a worship song and that song that stay with you over and over and over and then you run into somebody and, and the words of that song, God uses the words of that song to minister to that person. It happens. Ye which are ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the meekness, in the meekness of the spirit. Why? Concerning thyself, lest you also be tempted. Because if you ain't in the spirit, ain't no use you going to the strip club to get me. I know. Because first thing I'm going to say, you ain't in the spirit. You got any ones? 
Y'all know, see, 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 some, some things you just can't mess with. Because you ain't strong enough to mess with it. And you got to know. And, and how do we know? We, we let the word of God speak. Okay. That word in you. The word in you. I, I, I tell you the story. I, I, was, I, was, I was ministering to a brother at, at, the, at the prison, and he was going through. He was going through, and, and his problem was him. He was messing around, and, and he felt bad about it. He wanted to be delivered from it. He was messing around with his wife with some of the other officers, female officers out there, and he said, Reverend Neal, based on him studying me, thinking that I was all right to approach about this situation, and he said, can you pray for me? And we was praying. And then another minister came over who was doing the same thing he was doing. And he laid his hand on the brother too. And the brother stopped and said, how you praying for me? You doing the same thing I'm doing. Ain't no secrets. Ain't no secrets in the penitentiary. I, I'm just telling you, ain't no secrets in Youngstown. Because you, you can go get your hair done and find everything about every preacher in town. See, see, so see, see, we got to make sure that we right with God and we want, we got to want to be, I, I, I was joking around me and Jake was talking about for a while yesterday and I was just joking around and he's, and, you know, and I said, you know, I, I got hit by the car and he said, did you get out of the car and, and hold your back and act like you was hurting? Now, he was just joking. He was, I, now, now I'm walking around with a big thing around my neck. I said, Jake, I can't do that. I got too many prayers out there. I got too many prayers out there. I can't be faking. I can't be running around here. Oh, I'm going to make some money. He just do hit me from behind. No, no, no. I was all right. Thank God. Now, I, now I'm going to sit here and fake it. My aunt, my aunt was up in Michigan, my aunt in Detroit, my aunt Virginia. She was such a sweetheart. And she was a nurse. And so she said one day in Detroit, a, a city, a, one of the city RTAs bus turned over in the street. Wasn't nobody on the bus when it turned over. People was running to get in the bus. <laughs> that's a true story. That's a true. That's a true story. That's how. My, that's how Detroit was. She worked at Ford Hospital up there, and she was like, "It's a hot mess." <laughs> Folk coming here. Listen, I'm just being real. But I got. I got. I mean, all of us. We got so many prayers out there. We gotta. We gotta be Amen. in the spirit. The Bible says in, in, in James 5.16, the effectual, fervent prayers of the righteous avail of much. And, and, and that, 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 those verses push, should push us as believers to live as righteous as we can. There's none, there's none righteous, no, not one. But all of us ought to be striving to be righteous. We ought to be working at it. And when we find ourselves not righteous, then we ought to be saying, Lord, I want to be righteous. I want to be right with you, okay? That, that's the, that's the, that, when we talk about David this morning, that's, I believe that's how David lived. He said, I, he said God, you know me. I'm a warrior. I, I got a temper. I love the ladies. Help me, Lord, to be righteous. How about that? That's, that? That is common grace. I like that, common grace. We all experience it. We all love it. Here's one that I thought was fascinating. Out of all the graces that I studied this weekend, I thought this one was fascinating. Okay? It's called preventive grace. How about that? Let me spell it. P-R-E-V-E-N-I-E-N-T. Okay? That's what it is. Okay? What kind of grace is this? This is a good grace. 
If you saved, you have experienced prevenient grace. How about that? I just had to work on spelling and saying it. And I'm probably still spelling it. I said, Google, how you say this? Google, how you say it? I listened to it like five times over. Still ain't get it right. I can't stand it. Google, get up out of here. I'm going to call it the preventive grace. All right, leave it alone. This is, here it is. Here's what this grace is. This is the grace that comes before any decision you might have to, to, to follow Christ. God is at work. So we don't know where God is at work. We don't know where God is at work with our sisters, our brothers, our cousins, our nephews, uncles, aunts, husbands, wives, grandbabies. We don't know where God is at. We don't know what God is doing. But we know something. If they're alive, God is at work. How do I know that? Because God's will is for everybody to be Amen. saved. God wants everybody to be saved. Amen. Okay? He, he, God ain't make hell for man. See, we get, we get this kind of mentality in Christianity, you know, where, where we all right with folks going to hell. That's all I'm biblical. I heard a preacher, preacher years ago. He said, if you're going to preach hell, preach it with love. How about that? If you're going to preach it's hell, preach it with love. Because God is, listen, listen, I know the day I got saved. I know the day I got saved. I know where I was at when I got saved. I know, I still remember the message that I listened to when I got saved. But listen, long before that, God had been working in my life. Okay? Long before that, that's that's that that primitive grace is the grace that comes before any decision or endeavor. Remember Lydia? Remember Lydia? Listen, the Bible says when when Lydia heard Paul, God did what? Opened her heart. But but Lydia was going down that river every Sabbath day. Okay, so God was already working. God was already working. Paul showed up. Boom. Okay. See, some, somebody said this kind of grace, this is the kind of grace is, 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 is the love of God wooing us. See, some, you see, this is an old class, old school folk in here. Jake, Jake, Jake falls into this class because, see, see when, when Jake met Jackie, he didn't meet her online. So he had to use game. He had to have some conversation, Okay. He couldn't just take a picture with his shirt off and put it on online and say, oh, I like your body. <laughs> see, 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 God wooed us. God is wooing us. Okay? I was talking to Sylvia this morning. Listen, every time Glory calls you, okay, she knows she's calling a woman of God. Think about that. She knows she's calling a woman of God. And she might want something every time she calls. <laughs> but you, you, y'all, y'all understand what I'm saying? Think about it. Every time someone that you know don't love the Lord wants to talk to you, wants to even be around you. Okay? I was working at the shop. I worked at this pizza shop. And one of the young boys, he, he, he wanted to come work out with me. He's talking to me. He's like, well, I'll come work out with you. I said, look, I got the black card at Planet Fitness. They let me back in. <laughs> I said, I'll be there at 1030 on Saturday. He show up. He show up. And he, and he, he, you know, he, he, got, he got like 25 on each side. And I, 
I said, you weak. <laughs> I said, you weak, man. You know, he get on the machine, and he get on the machine, and he got three plates. And I'm hollering at him. I said, every rep, every rep, you got to fire up every rep. Like Mike Tyson. Because sometimes I'll be going to the gym, and I'll just turn on, on Snap, check, one of them things, and I'll just watch Mike Tyson fights. <laughs> I mean, I had to do certain things to get me fired up. So I get to the gym, I'm watching Mike Tyson, and I'm like, every, every rep is like you trying to knock somebody out. Every rep, <clears throat> and by the end of the day, he was getting it. He was getting it. He was getting it, you know? And we did chest, we did, we did benching, we did the machine, we did flies, we did dumbbell presses. I wore him out. I wore him out. Then I went to the shop yesterday, yesterday he was at work, I walked up to him, hit him on the chest. Oh! What's my point? What's my point? We got to grow in this thing. We got to grow in this thing. And, and God is, in that primitive grace, God is drawing us in. He's drawing us in. He, he's pursuing us. How many times have all of us in say, do you, do you remember you thinking God was after me? Huh? Stuff that was going on in your life. We have a saying here, we say all the time, God speaks to us how? Through people, through the word of God, and through our circumstances. And sometimes our circumstances, our circumstances will, will get our attention. God may use circumstances to get our attention. Okay? So when you're dealing with, when you're dealing with people and they're telling you they're going through all this stuff, remember, they call you. Man of God, woman of God. Okay? Make sure you're in the spirit. Make sure you're in the spirit because God may be pursuing them and God uses people to do his work. I'm going to tell you all something. God uses people to do his work. Some people want God to fall out of the sky. God uses us to do his work. When, when he called Lazarus out of the tomb, Jesus didn't go unwrap him. Jesus told the people to do what? Loose him. Set him free. That's what God does. He uses people. And, 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 and we talked about that this morning. All of us are servants. Okay? Some service ain't no good. Some service, you go to the restaurant, I won't bring you no water. Asking for some, some extra butter, and they get an attitude. So God ain't going to use no servant with no attitude. You got to be a, a willing servant. You got to be a willing servant. So God is, God is pursuing us. He is, he is freeing us. How about that? Here's what I like the most about what God does in primitive grace. He empowers us. He empowers us. And, 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 and I, don't have to, I don't have to go far in the scriptures to find out to where we need some power. Amen. Okay. I need some power. We need some power. To face some of the demons, the demons that we face every day, we need some power. No, something took some power to get here this morning, didn't it? Amen. It did. I look over at Claire. I know what it takes for her to get here. And then, then she she working with Mary, and, and it takes Mary some some energy to get here. Okay, let me let me see, let me see. I did. I, did, I told you, Lydia. Watch this first. Remember this because this is the kind of grace that, that is drawing us to him. Okay, it is drawing us to him. Look at John. Watch it. Y'all know these verses. John six forty four. This this is this is it. Okay, watch. 
You see preventive grace in action. No man can come to me. Okay? Except the Father which have sent me. Draw him. How about that? Drawing grace. That's what it is. Drawing grace. It's a grace. It's a grace that draws you. Okay. And how does it draw you? Well, who knows? I know how it draws me. Okay. Prior to me, prior to me ever getting saved, I had a grandmother. She loved the Lord. I go to my grandmother's house. Some of y'all can relate to this. And and she was by herself. She was by herself. And I would go in her kitchen. I was young. I was young, but but I was her favorite grandson because I just show up. She's got to be drinking coffee. I probably was drinking coffee when I was 12, 13 years old. I show up at my grandma's house. I have a can of coffee. Maxwell House. And she said, you know what? I was just praying that God, some, God sent somebody to bring me some coffee because I ran out. But you know what? You know what struck me the most about my grandmother? Every time you go to her house, she had two place settings. I said, who that one for? Well, that's the Lord's. That's what I said. That was the Lord's. Okay. And she said, me and the Lord talk all the time. And when I'm eating, I'm here by myself. And, and I know she was praying for me. Now, I was 12 years old. My grandmother probably passed away when I was 15. And I ain't come to the Lord till I was in my 30s. Think about that. Think about that. So we sit here, we want instant action. We, see, we got microwave Christians. We want to pray for somebody. We want them to accept the Lord right now. Before I leave, you know, I can put a feather in my hat and say, well, you know, another one came to the Lord. We don't know when they coming to the Lord. Amen. We don't know what's going on. And we didn't play at the sea. We don't know what's going on down in the dirt. It ain't none of our business, is it? God is at work. The sword went out to sow seeds. Some people, I don't know enough to sow. I don't know enough to tell nobody about Jesus. Let me tell you, you're a sower. The sowers in the, in, the old te- in the Old Testament days, a sower was usually the little kids. And they would put a sack around their waist, and they put the seeds in the sack. And all the kids would, they would just walk up and down the fields and sow seed. All you got to worry about is make sure you got the right kind of seed. Amen. And other than that, it's easy to do. It's easy to do. You, you know, so, well, I don't, know how to, I don't know how to present the gospel. Let me tell you, if you don't know. Here's the gospel. I done told you already. Jesus died for our sins and rose from the grave. How about that? That's it. Okay? And if God is drawing them, they'll, they'll, take it, they'll take it to the next step. Okay? They'll take it to the next step. Listen. Here's a guy in hell. Here's a guy in hell. Boy, I love this story. Here's a man in hell. The rich man in hell. Remember he was clothed in purple? The Bible said he was clothed in purple. Luke 16. He's clothed in purple. And the Bible said he feared sumptuously every day. Every day. Every day. He was eating good. Okay. He was eating good every day. Okay. And then there was a man that sat outside his door. Okay. And he was dying every day. Covered with sores. Luke said, Luke said he was full of sores, meaning that they were cancerous and they was killing him. Okay? And then you've been around hospitals and folks with cancer, it just eats you away. Eats you away. Okay? So he was outside his door. Now, he didn't show him no grace. He didn't show him no favor. He didn't show him no love. 
Okay? And he died and went to hell. The Bible said when he went to hell, he looked, looked up and seen Lazarus in Abraham's bosom. But, but without going through all that, all the way to verse 27, watch what it says. And he said, he had the five brothers. And they probably was all wearing his purple now. They were probably wearing his purple gaiters. They was probably driving his purple car. <laughs> I mean, they probably had all, I mean, they was probably fair something every day. They was doing just what he had taught them to do. That he was their hero. And now that he's in, he's died and gone to hell, he know what they doing. And he know if something don't happen, you got a purple shirt on today. <laughs> so, but, but he knew if something didn't happen to them, they was joining him. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you, I'll just be honest with you. I think I've said this before. Nobody in hell, your worst enemy in hell, your worst enemy in hell don't want you coming there. Okay? So he says to Jesus, verse 28, 27, he said, I pray thee, Father, I can go more into that Father stuff, but I'm not, for lack of it, that thou wouldest send Lazarus, him, to my Father's house. To do what? Minister to my five brothers. Tell them that hell is real. Tell them that all that purple and fair something every day don't mean Disney squad. Okay. He said, for I have five brethren that he may testify unto them lest they come into this place of torment. Now watch this. These were Jews. These were Israelites. One of the conditions, one of the one of the conditions of an Israelite is that by the time you what thirteen bar miska Fisca, whatever, you have to know those five books of the Bible. You have to know the five first five books of the Bible, and the first five books of the Bible talked about Jesus. Amen. Okay, they talked about the one that was coming. Okay, and he said, Abraham said unto him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them, not read them, hear them. Watch what this man says, because he knows his brothers. And he said, no, nah, Father Abraham, okay, they, they don't have no love for the scriptures. Okay, they don't have no respect for the scriptures. They need something to happen. Okay, he says, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. Y'all see that? If one was resurrected from the dead that they was familiar with, they will repent. Now he's in hell talking about repentance. He didn't talk about it when he was out. Watch what, watch what God says to this guy. And he said unto them, if they hear not Moses and the prophets, which all point to Jesus, Neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. The dead. The dead. Okay? I'm going to give you one more grace. I'm gonna, I, got, I got a bunch of graces because they, they had one of these graces called preaching grace. Preaching grace. Then they had another one called sustaining grace. Then we talk about sanctifying grace. We got a lot of graces to talk about next week. But this one, this one I found fascinating. You better have this one. 
Justifying grace. Justifying grace. How about that one? Justifying grace available for anyone when we get when when we get it by faith. All right. That's the only way you're gonna get justifying grace is by faith. What's that mean? What's that mean? How, what, is, what, is, what is justifying grace? What is justifying faith? Justifying faith and justifying grace means that I believe the gospel that Jesus Christ died for my sins and rose from the grave. Now that ain't easy believism. Because a lot of folks think you crazy if you talk about you believe Jesus was born of a virgin. You believe uh, you believe that Joseph bought that story. <laughs> See, it takes some faith to believe this. Amen. It's not an easy story to believe. Because you know, you know, you come home and 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 and, and you you betrothed. That means you ain't supposed to have no relationships with a man. And and now you come home and your betrothed wife, which was really your wife, because you that was a contract. Your wife is pregnant. And you ain't touched her. You ain't been near her. And she say, this baby by the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Y'all got to laugh yourself. <clears throat> okay? And Joseph was like, man, you must be crazy. I'm getting ready to get rid of you. I'm getting rid of you. I'm going I'm to I'm do it quietly. See, that's the grace of God. He said, I'm going to do it quiet. Then the, gate, then the angel had to come to him and get him straight. Because he knew the Old Testament too. That's what we studied this morning. He knew the word of God too. He knew the Lord was coming and he knew when he was coming. And he knew he was going to be born of a virgin. And that's what I think the angel was telling Joseph. Joseph, listen, don't you understand what you read? You mean you didn't read it, but you don't believe it. So he had to inject faith into Joseph to believe what Joseph already knew. Ain't that crazy? Ain't that crazy? And then Joseph got right. And then you never heard another word out of him. He took her, loved her, had babies by her. Don't believe that Catholic stuff. He had a lot of babies by her. He made up for lost time. Okay? Don't laugh at me, dear me. Watch this. Justifying faith. Got to have it. Got to have it. Got to be able to explain it just a little bit. Paul in Romans 5.1, watch this. Being therefore justified by faith. Romans 5.1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, heavy duty. People say, well, Romans is heavy duty. We are, I get lost when I go to Romans. Listen, listen. You have to believe that Jesus Christ was born of a virgin lived a sinless life, walked this earth for 33 years, was crucified on Calvary's cross, okay, was placed in a borrowed tomb for three days and rose. That's justifying faith. That's what it means when it says we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. If you don't believe Jesus Christ died for your sins and rose from the grave, you ain't got peace. You just don't got peace. You won't get it, Okay. Romans 5, 9, much more than being now justified by his blood. You got to believe that his blood covered your sins. You got to believe that his blood was like Peter said. It was precious. 
It was the precious blood of the lamb. You got to believe when John the Baptist seen Jesus coming, he said, behold, the lamb of God was coming to take away the sins of the earth. You got to believe that. Everybody ain't believing that. Everybody don't have justifying faith, but without faith. Okay. Impossible. Verily, verily, John 5, 24, watch this. I say unto you, he that hears my word and believeth, this is Jesus talking, and believeth on him that sent me. Okay? That believeth on him that sent me. Believeth here is in, is in the, what's that word? Plural? Meaning, believeth continually. You're going to die believing. You're going to die believing. And nothing is going to separate you from your belief. You're going to be like, Paul, I am fully persuaded. Okay? Okay? I'm dying believing. Amen. That's not saying you're going to die perfectly. But I'm going to die believing. Okay? Our perfection don't come until we die believing. Watch this. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that hear my word. Whose word? God's word. In the beginning was the word. And the word was God. And the word was with God. And the word became flesh and walked this earth. And the word wrote John 5, 24. He says, verily I say unto you, he that hear my word and believeth on him, God that sent me, Jesus, have everlasting life. Not might get it. You have it. You have everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation. You ain't going to hell. You can't go to hell holding on to everlasting life. Amen. Ain't nobody in hell that believeth when they died. Ain't no, uh-uh. I can stand on that. I can stand. Ain't nobody in hell that believes that Jesus Christ died for their sins. Watch this. I'm going to read the whole thing once more time and I'm going to be done. I'm getting all fired up today. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word. How can I hear without a preacher? Some of y'all want me to do tap dancing. Sammy Davis Jr. preacher. Ain't saying nothing. We call him a Judas. We call, you know what a Judas goat is? Anybody heard of a Judas goat? What's our preacher down in Florida talking about the Judas goat? He talking about, the, you know what a Judas goat is? Judas goat, he, 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 he stand up by you know, all the goats. He lead all the sheep to the slaughterhouse. And they follow him. He don't, he don't go into the slaughterhouse. He just lead everybody there. Wow. <laughs> verily, verily, I say unto you. Let me, let me, let me see, see. See, Georgia, when I read these scriptures over and over and over, they get stronger and stronger and stronger. Okay? That's like the, like the young man I was working out with yesterday. He's like, I'm getting tired. I said, I'm getting stronger. <laughs> That's how workouts go. When I work out, when I leave the gym, I'm stronger than I was when I came in. Amen. I don't leave the gym. Oh, man, I Listen, I got, a, I got a tradition. When I come to the gym, I wear my hat. I wear it with the, with the thing up frontwards. And then when I'm done, I turn it around. <laughs> <laughs> and I leave up out of there like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll be strutting out of there because I feel good. Okay. Okay, watch this. Because when I read the scriptures, they get bigger and bigger. 
And this one here is just huge. Now watch. Watch. Here's Jesus. I, I'm, I'm watching Jesus. I'm listening to Jesus in this, in this scripture, Sylvia. He like, he like calling them out. Do you see it in there? He like, he like being confrontational. Watch this. Now watch when I read it with that confrontation. See if y'all see that confrontation in there. Listen. Because somebody's telling him, somebody must be telling his audience that you can lose your salvation or that believing you don't have everlasting life. Jesus is checking whoever's saying that in the crowd. And he's, he's encouraging and reinforcing his people to believe on me. Y'all see it? Watch. Watch now. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word, not these clowns' words over here, telling you that Jesus didn't rise from the grave, or he wasn't the son of God, or he wasn't born of a virgin. You hear all that stuff. He said, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me have everlasting life. Follow these clowns over here, you're going to hell. I'm going to put some, put some yeast on it. That's what he's saying. When he said John 3, 16, he said, for I'm the, he said, for God so loved the world that whosoever believeth in me should not perish but have everlasting life. That's what he said. So what's the contrast to that? You don't believe in him, you don't have everlasting life. If you don't have everlasting life, you're in a bad situation. Amen. And it's getting worse. And he shall come into he shall not come into condemnation and this is the last part but is past but is past from death unto life that's where you get people say well they passed away okay because they passed they passed unto from death unto life how about that anybody think about that so most people say, well, you know, you die and you go on the ground you die and you go on the, in the casket no uh, when a believer dies he has passed from death into life. Ain't that deep? Well, Thomas had a problem. I'm just going to finish this page because we'll pick up next week on Justifying Grace because it's two pages of this and it's important. But Thomas had a problem. I remember Thomas, you know, doubting Thomas. He had a problem. I'm in John 20, 27. Watch this. And, and, and Jesus has showed up. He has showed up. He has showed up. He has showed up. And, and all the apostles were there other than Thomas. And they seen Thomas come in. Thomas come in the room. And they said, Thomas, Jesus was here. And Thomas thought even they was playing. No, man, come on. Y'all stop playing. Stop playing. Jesus wasn't here. And they said, yeah, he was here. He walked right in the walk through the walls. And he was here. And he talked to us. We ate fish sandwiches and everything. He was here, Thomas. And you missed him. Thomas got mad. He wasn't here. And then he said, and then he said, unless Thomas said, unless I put my hands and fingers in the holes and, and, and I ain't. And, and you know what? While he was saying that, Jesus was still there. Because he's Jesus. Okay, he heard exactly what Thomas said. And, and, and out of his grace and his love for Thomas, he showed up in person. He showed up in person. And then said he to Thomas. Reach hither thy finger and behold my hands and reach hither thy hand and thrust it into my side and be not faithless but believing. How about that? Heard everything Thomas said. Repeated it right back to him. And Thomas, Thomas, Thomas didn't touch Jesus. Okay? And Thomas answered and said unto him, 
Okay? My Lord and my God. And Jesus said unto him, Thomas, checking Thomas. Jesus was checking people. Y'all better stop thinking Jesus is some mammy pammy Jesus. I don't serve no mammy pammy Jesus. Jesus will check you. Amen. <laughs> Jesus will check you. Ask me how I know. Been checked many times. Jesus said unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet believed. Okay. Now this is the last verse I'm going to do, but this last two verses are really interesting because they speak to us. Watch what, watch what, watch what happens in the rest of this verse. Now Jesus is not talking, but the, the writer of John is, is writing these things. And he says, and many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. Okay. But he says this, but these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, justifying grace, see it? And that believing, believing what? That Jesus is the Son of God who came down from heaven and died for our sins and rose on the third day and believing that you might have life through his name. Hmm. There's no other name under heaven there's none other name given. How's it go? Under heaven, whereby a man must be saved. Jesus is the sweetest name I know. You know that song, Claire? You sing a couple of verses of it. Let me pray. Jesus is the sweetest name I know. Precious Lord, in the name of Jesus, we just say thank you this morning. Thank you for the service. Thank you for thank you for Sunday school. Thank you for our guests. Father God, we say thank you for most of all the word of God and the power of your written word, Father God. Thank you for Jesus Christ being born. Yes, Lord. Amen.